Well, hello there, and thanks for tuning in to HC Conversations, a podcast where we have discussions around faith, life, politics, and more, and how to navigate those things as a follower of Jesus. You'll also find audio from weekly messages at Hope Community. Thanks for joining us for today's podcast. Let's jump in. Well, hey, everyone, we're back with another very exciting episode of HC Conversations. And today is a special day, a special episode, because we have a special guest. Drum roll, please. The one and only Carrie Henning. Say hi, Carrie. Good morning. Hi, everyone. It's not necessarily going to be morning for people watching. For Carrie Henning. Well, it's morning now. Listening. So. People aren't it's, watching it's, this. It's not really morning now. It is before noon. Yeah, but it stops being morning at like nine o'clock in my book. Between um, like nine and noon are just a weird in between time. Technically, it's common time. Common time. Technically, <laughs> it is morning until eleven fifty-nine. Uh, you're crazy, Carrie. You are true. You are she true. She's correct, but it just doesn't feel like morning anymore. It doesn't. It's this weird in between time. It is. It's brunch. It's brunch time. On oh, brunch. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we got some things to talk about today. Uh, a few things, I guess, have just been in the news as of late, recently, this past week. Um, right. And so let's just get right into it, because this is exciting, y'all. Kanye. Kanye has announced he, that he is running for president. What That's a right. time to be alive. It is interesting. Like, I mean, he announced that a long time ago, but nobody really believed him, but now he re-announced it. Yeah. <laughs> was it in the last election, right? Yeah. 2015? Yeah. And uh, he said he's going to run in 2020, and now he's just re-announced that he's running. And Elon Musk has thrown his full support behind Kanye. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he follows through and files with the Board of Elections, the Federal Elections Commission, and gets on the ballot in all 50 states and gets the signatures required to be on the ballots. But, you know, with all their followers, they probably won't have any problem getting signatures. Uh, but t- I don't think tweets count as signatures. <coughs> I think you need an actual signature. Right. Oh, that might be a problem. Oh. But, man, I feel like he could pretty easily mobilize his social media following to get people to yeah. gather those signatures. No. Between him and Kim Kardashian, I, yeah. think, I think they could probably do it. <laughs> I mean, if teenagers can thwart the Trump rally, rally yeah, in yeah. Oklahoma, <laughs> I feel like Kanye could, could do this. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. I saw like uh, I don't know if it's a tweet or a meme or something when he reannounced again, and someone was like, "Well, that'll never happen," you know, like a uh, uh, like just like a, a famous entertainer with no political experience can never possibly <laughs> win the presidency. <laughs> and it's like, oh wait, <laughs> this has already happened once. <laughs> Did anyone check the news in 2016? The question isn't can it happen. It's like, do we want it to happen again? Because we <laughs> we've been there before. Right. No, but this is really interesting because we were talking about before we turned the mics on that what's this going to do for if, if he does get on the ballot in, in all 50 states, what's it going to do for just the election in general? And like how many votes will he take away from Trump? How many votes will he take away from Biden? Does he take away enough votes now that um, uh, Joe Jorgensen, the libertarian candidate now, is a viable candidate? Right. And what if like all four of them just are splitting electoral college delegates and nobody hits 270 and, and then it chaos. goes to the house it goes to the house of representatives um so yeah this is going to be something right if it couldn't get any more wild wild we're in for a wild ride this political season we are and i 
I didn't think that this part of the conversation this morning was going to be very theological, but this just came to my brain, right? Followers of Jesus especially, your hope better be in something other than your politics. Because mm -hmm. if your hope's in your politics, now more than ever, you're screwed. Like, <laughs> it's just it's just Yeah, bad. you're going to be thoroughly disappointed. Because um, it is a mess. Yeah, which is, I mean, as we... I've, I've heard different people talk about this, and it's why, like, politics are becoming so... Uh, so political politics are becoming so political so people people are so vehement about it and, and they're <laughs> so defensive of it um, because that's like our primary identifier now right. like as we become some would say less religious but others would say no we're just as religious but it's like our politics are our religion mm -hmm. now uh, and so it's like yeah it's, if you're a follower of Jesus make sure you're staying true to him because our political system right. is <laughs> a powder keg let's just say that everybody worships something yeah Anybody have any other other thoughts to add on Kanye? Well, we'll move on past no. Kanye's fast. <laughs> we are good here. So right before uh, we hit record, Carrie found an article that the Black Death has been. Yeah, so there's a, spe suspect bleh, a suspected case of bubonic plague in China's Inner Mongolia. It's just interesting because um, a friend of mine hikes a lot of national parks, and he was talking about the Black Death out in California that. The ground squirrels carry it, and then I Googled and found an article from The Atlantic, which is its just a <laughs> hilarious article the way it's written, but um, there's been lots of cases in the United States uh, from 1970 to 2012, uh, mostly out west because the squirrels carry the Black Death, and the, flat, the fleas, fleas bite people and infect people with Black Death. Um, but the article goes on to say that the Black Death isn't anything to worry about because it's easily treated with antibiotics if you have easy access to medical care. So moral of the story is don't pet squirrels. Uh, stay away from squirrels, live or dead. Um, we had a squirrel <laughs> drinking out of Shiloh's little pool yesterday, my daughter. Um, I recorded it because it was kind of funny. Because like right outside our back patio door mm -hmm. and it was sitting up there and like look around. <laughs> and then it dipped down in, take a drink and then like like look around again so so don't pet squirrels i don't think i'll have any problems with that i don't really have squirrels hanging out at my place nope i mean how do you even pet a squirrel don't, don't they run <laughs> i don't know there's a l picture of a lady with a squirrel in her hand maybe she gave it peanuts or something maybe they just have to be mostly dead i feel like they're just they'd be mean too the like squirrel looks very off. much alive i saw a squirrel the other week at work that was not healthy like <laughs> <laughs> had some some hair issues going on it was having a bad hair day but it didn't have any hair on its tail and it, it had a long it truly looked like a giant rat a tree oh rat gosh, that's so so did, i wonder if it did like did it not have hair on its tail or did like some kid grab a squirrel and shave its tail i don't think that happened i feel like the more likely explanation is it probably had like some disease Oh, Black poor, death. poor squirrel. Yeah, it's squirrel with that, you know, <gasps> naked tail disease. It'll get you. <laughs> Maybe it had mange. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, or scabies. Gosh. Scabies, I think, is actually animal mange. I don't like, know. <laughs> Ouch. I'm just picturing, like, these squirrels right now, but instead I'm picturing them as, like, the uh, the raccoon and elf. <laughs> like, this looks like somebody <laughs> needs a hug. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what thoughts in my head right now. That's going to happen if you try to pet a squirrel. Or have you seen, like, the flying squirrels with, mm -hmm. like, you know, the, like, the webbing? Yeah. They're just going like, to fly like that and latch onto <laughs> on your, your face. face. <laughs> <laughs> they go for the eyes first. That's right. 
All right, so moving on from squirrels. Moving on from, wow, where's the episode going to go from here? We've had cancel culture, or we've had Kanye, squirrels, and now we're going to move on to cancel culture. Right. This is a big thing right now. Um, if you're unfamiliar with what cancel culture is, basically it's this. If someone, um, especially someone who's in the public eye, but it doesn't have to be, says something or does something that a large section of the population does not like, what we do is we just shame that person on social media. Um, we stop buying their products, stop listening to their music, stop doing whatever, because that person is canceled. Right. And we, we in essence, make it impossible for them to ever find employment ever again. Yeah. Um, this has happened to a lot of journalists recently that certain people in political offices do not like. They, their name goes on a website and they're blacklisted and everybody goes after them then. Um, this has happened to a lot of people recently throughout the, you know, I guess in recent history, um, and not really anything new in terms of Christian subculture and the moral majority, uh, because they've been doing this for a long time. Right. Yeah, it's uh, over the weekend, um, President Trump gave an address uh, at Mount Rushmore, and he talked about <coughs> this idea that cancel culture is what's wrong with our country. Um, and let's see. Wait. There's a quote. What? If cancel culture is like the only thing wrong. <laughs> I think we've got some other problems. <laughs> I mean, cancel culture is an issue. And we're going to talk about that. Uh, but one of the things that, that he said, um, this is from an NPR article. Trump said at Mount Rushmore, it's an attempt to erase American history and values. Uh, and one part of that, Trump said, is cancel culture, which he described as driving people from their jobs, shaming dissenters, and demanding total submission from anyone who disagrees. This is the very definition of totalitarianism. Um, and while I agree with that, I don't think cancel culture is a good thing. It's just kind of funny coming from someone who does that to his political enemies. <laughs> it's like, yeah. cancel culture is bad unless I'm canceling people that I don't like. Then it's just fine. Do as I say, not as, not I, do. as I do. Again, this is the same. I mean, we see this all the time with people's inconsistencies and in their beliefs. I mean, right. uh, you see this a lot right now with COVID-19 people on one hand saying that this is a really big hoax that we don't have to do anything. We don't have to worry about it. Bill Gates is behind it all. And then on the other hand saying we want better information. We want better testing. It's like what you just said that it was a hoax. So you don't really, you shouldn't want better information and better testing. Right. Cause if it's a hoax, you don't need testing right. information. So yeah. It's just, but um, I saw an article recently and it was like a week or two ago that there's a lot of Christians that have an issue with cancel culture but the author made the point, like, we're kind of the ones that perfected cancel culture, <laughs> right? Like, especially as, as, as Paul mentioned just a couple minutes ago, the, the moral majority, the religious right of like the 80s and just all of the things that Christians boycotted. Well, what is boycotting doing? It's saying we as a group are canceling you. And so we boycotted Disney. We boycotted Teletubbies. We boycotted Starbucks. We boycotted Target. I mean, like there's all these people throughout. And when I say we, I don't, I certainly don't mean every Christian, but Certainly certain uh, leaders within the moral majority and religious right have been like, ah, it's, cult it's culture war is what it right. is. It's like we are warring against the culture. Um, and it's just interesting that, again, we, we have a problem whenever someone that tries to cancel someone and, and we don't agree with it. But whenever we want to cancel someone, we're fine with it. Right. 
why was Teletubbies uh, boycotted? Did I miss uh, this? Because Jerry Falwell fought one of them. I don't remember which one, which color Teletubby it was. It was the purple one. The purple one. But I don't remember which one that is. I don't remember the names. I'm sorry, I'm not up on my Teletubby <laughs> uh, information. But he thought that that, uh, that particular Teletubby was gay. And so oh. we must boycott Teletubbies. I did miss that one. Okay. Well... Enough <laughs> said. I, I mean, <laughs> we're not gonna expound on that. But like, here. it's just this idea of like, I mean, uh, as if if you're a Christian, before we start slamming on cancel culture, we should probably maybe check ourselves and ask, hey, where have we done this? So. And, well, actually, I mean, this is something that you guys might laugh at. Um, oh, we're going to. I don't even know what it is, but we're going to laugh. Um, homeschool parents are notorious for this. <laughs> That's what, that's what I was going to say. You Not probably surprised. didn't know about Teletubbies because of the whole homeschooling <laughs> thing. But, uh. I mean, like, anyone who is steeped in that kind of, like, into that very conservative Christian arena is, well, like, we are notorious for that. When I say we, I mean my mom. All right. So they've also canceled JCPenney because Ellen is oh, was yeah. their s- spokesman. And that right there is why JCPenney's going bankrupt. Right. Way to go, Christians. Actually, no, it's not. It's because retail in general is suffering right now. Right. Because of the interwebs. The interwebs. Right. And it doesn't, it's not just limited to culture. If, if you don't agree with what that group considers orthodoxy, then they run you out of town. Love wins. Rob yeah. Bell. Rob Bell. A couple um, years ago, wrote a very controversial book about. Um, about hell. It was basically like a universalist perspective on hell. Ten years. It oh, was ten like years ago. Okay. Ten years. Good job, Carrie. Wow, I'm impressed because I don't. I didn't know it was ten years that. ago. Yeah. Um, but uh, Christian leaders and evangelical like churches and leaders they canceled Rob Bell. Like, oh, right. Because mm-hmm. up until that point, like he had actually produced some stuff that people were like, oh, we like this. Mm-hmm. I remember there was a series of videos that were called Numa, which is like the Greek word for spirit. Um, I think. Yeah, because so. that's where we yeah. get the word pneumatic. Um, and people like that. I remember actually watching some of those in a Sunday school class in a conservative church. But then it's like, oh, now you've, you've said something that we don't agree with. You are canceled. Right. And so it's just, yeah, it's oh, just weird. It is weird. And it, it doesn't line up with what we see in yeah. scripture. Because um, what, what cancel culture ultimately latches onto is you made one mistake. Right. You did one thing wrong. Um, and who knows when it was? Maybe it was recent. Maybe it was we're digging up a tweet from 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. How long's Twitter been around? Has it been around for 15 years yet? I don't think so. 10 years ago, for sure. <coughs> At least 10 years. Yeah. At least. Yeah. But like, and, and we're going to cancel you because of that. Um, and that is so thoroughly anti-Jesus. Right. Because Jesus is, I mean, he, he was a, a person of grace and love and especially with those who were outside of the religious circle. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't cancel them. He invited them in. He mm-hmm. ate with sinners and tax collectors and prostitutes and people that the religious elites wanted nothing to do with. Uh, and yet we find yeah. Christians doing the thing that Jesus did not do. Right. He actually he, he went to the ones that culture, culture canceled because right. they were the ones that people said, nope, you don't get to be a part of society now. Um, we're going to shame you, right. which mm-hmm. that, that's essentially what cancel culture does. It's shaming you. Um, I read an article from the Gospel Coalition this morning uh, that talked about that very idea uh, that cancel culture in the West really represents like the honor shame cultures uh, 
that are f- more prevalent in the East, mm-hmm. where it's like if you do something that shame, like it's, it's it's viewed as shameful on the collective, like we will shun you. Like you don't get to be a part of us because it, it reflects badly on the rest of us. Right. Um, and that was the the culture and the context that Jesus was in. And so there were so many that weren't welcome. They weren't a part. They'd been canceled by the religious leaders or by the political leaders of the day. And Jesus said, "Okay, you're you're my people." Um, but it's a lot more difficult to dig up dirt on people then than well, it is true. today. Yeah, could, I can't just social media. I can't just, you know, not have a life. So I scroll through the last 15 <laughs> years. I of mean, someone's Twitter, so that, that person could easily move to another town. Well, today's no, no. cancel culture. Like you can't because of social media, you can't go anywhere. Yeah. And listen, there, there are, there certainly are like ramifications for actions. It doesn't mean you can just do whatever you want. Like, Oh no, you're good. I forgive you. Um, but yeah, there, there has to be, okay. I, an acknowledgement of I've done something wrong or whatever, mm-hmm. but then to actually give people the benefit of the doubt and say, okay, I forgive you and let's work on starting from here and building back up. Um, but cancel culture says no. Like once you've done something, right. it is it is unpardonable. You right. are forever, uh, it's like, you know, the scarlet letter, right? Like that's what it is. We are right. branding you with the scarlet letter and you, are, you will forever be this person. Mm-hmm. Um, what's really interesting is a lot of the, the flack of, or the people that bring stuff up about cancel, cancel culture now, is there's a lot of cancel culture happening on the more progressive side, on the on the on the, the political left, of like canceling people that aren't woke enough, or canceling anyone that might say something that you disagree with, um, and it's just interesting because it's so much like the moral majority of, of say like the 80s and the 90s of like. <laughs> Christians of that era that kind of subscribe to that way of thinking, no grace. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's the world's going to hell in a handbasket. You're all terrible people. Um, we, we got a boycott culture. You can't be one of us. You know, we're going to separate ourselves. It's like, and that was all supposedly focused around Jesus. Well, now like that same heart and same mentality and same attitude is on the opposite side. Like no, no religion involved in it whatsoever on the secular side that right. says the same thing. You can't be one of us. You're not a part of this. We're going to shame you. We're going to make you feel horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, Which um, I was just reading this article here, and it talked about how <laughs> after the 2016 election, something shifted. Yeah. And instead of it just being a religious thing, it quickly shifted to the other side where a lot of non-religious people started embracing cancel culture. Um, and now there's on you know, the, the white evangelicals are like, like wanting to take that back. It's like, no, this is like our thing. We want to be the only ones that can cancel stuff. But yeah. it's, it's fundamentalism on both sides of the aisle. Um, yeah. Because, you, you, I mean, you see that with any type of fundamentalism, whether it's secular fundamentalism or religious, fundamental, religious <laughs> fundamentalism, <laughs> um, you, you see that desire to cancel and boycott yeah. and wage war. Right, yeah. If you go back and listen to that episode we did on fundamentalism, those those defining characteristics it's us versus them and our job is to like police who's in and who's out and we will wage war on you Um, and then the way of jesus is just starkly in contrast to that right like no no like yeah if you're going to follow me i've got standards and there's things i want to ask you to live in a different way and sacrifice and put others first and all of that but there's grace and there's forgiveness, and there's how many times do I have to forgive someone? Seven times? No, I tell you, seven times seventy. Like, just this whole idea right. of yeah, you don't get to cancel people. Yep. I mean, the thing, the the most prominent example in my mind of of Christ 
is um, the the woman caught in adultery. Yeah. Um, like she was extremely shamed to the point of where they were ready to stone her, and Christ extended that grace, that love. Says, and where are your where are your accusers? Accusers. That word. Yes. Where are your accusers? Go and sin no more. Like he extended that grace, but yet there were still these standards that okay you know this is wrong let's let's build from that right yeah so for follower of jesus you didn't get to cancel anybody no Sorry. cancel culture is wrong mm-hmm. jesus didn't cancel you and um last i checked we all have way more things that we've done wrong in our past um that jesus has every right mm-hmm. to cancel us but he yeah. says no no i love you you're forgiven and we're called to imitate our savior uh, and doing that as we live out his ways uh, of the kingdom in this world. Amen. All right. Now, we've saved this uh, particular mm, next topic the best for, for, last. for last because we have a feeling that it's got the potential for us to ramble on mm. the longest. So we've talked Kanye. <laughs> we've talked black death squirrels. We've talked cancel culture. And now, I hate to break it to you guys, but the church is being persecuted because we can't sing in church in California. What? No. Yes. Oh my goodness. Come can't quickly, even. Lord Jesus. Okay, so if you have Take no, me up. if you have no idea what we're talking about, <laughs> Beam me up, Jesus. last week the state of California issued a um, a, a law, a, a, an edict. I don't know what you call uh, it. Let me open uh, it back uh, up. Some restrictions as it relates to the ongoing coronavirus pandemic, COVID nineteen. If you're watching the news, you know that cases are on the rise again, um, and they're implementing some new things to try to get that down. And one of them is the state of California said if you are going to church, if you're gathering— Wait, not just not church. Not just church. Okay. Any religious gathering right. of any religion. So that's, that's an important thing to note right there. You can gather, and they have restrictions on the numbers and all that, but you can't sing— and you can't chant mm-hmm. for those of you that like to chant at church right? So or re- repeat things, you know, readings right. and lo- those kind of things. No corporate singing, chanting readings. <clears throat> In my goodness, the reaction from certain groups of Christians, it does, it, you would think that the world is ending. That you, you oh, would, I mean, they say that the world is ending. Well, yes, <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> you, you would think that this order just came down making Christianity illegal. Right. When really it's like, no, you, you just you just can't sing. No, they, they said you can still gather. You can still gather outside and sing outside. The, the um, I don't want to say the edict, but the um, oh, the policy a, yeah. from the state of California, Regulation. reading through it, Order. Um, Order. it talks about outdoor attendance and that it's fine to sing. If you want to gather outside, maintain at least six feet, wash your hands, do everything that we're all supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um the other thing is you just can't sing and chant indoors. Indoors. And with a bunch of people. You right. can sing and chant at your own house. Right. You can do that. You can sing and chant all you want. No one's busting into your shower to tell you you can't. <laughs> Good thing. Good thing. Because <laughs> that would be a problem. But, yeah, Christians are up in, certain Christians are up in arms and, you know, thinking that the, the government is, you know, 
hindering our right to religious assembly and saying that we can't worship. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. That's not at all what they're saying. And they're not just saying this to Christians. So stop playing the persecution card. Oh, we have, yeah. Christians in America mm-hmm. have a persecution complex. Right. Um, talk to Christians in other parts of the world that actually have persecution, that actually live every day under the fear of, I could be arrested and tried today for false charges just for being a Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so there's a, there's a lot of things that are problematic about this thinking of we can't sing in church, which is temporary, by the way. It's not like a, this it's is not a permanent forever. injunction. It's, hey, we mm-hmm. need to get COVID under control. But th- this, there's something some, some messed up in thinking we can't sing in church, and so this is like this major persecution, and uh, how dare they infringe upon my freedoms. And first of all, let, let, me, let me just say that, that your loyalty to Jesus trumps your religious freedoms, mm-hmm. right? Because loyalty to Jesus spans all countries, all times, all forms of government. Most followers of Jesus throughout history have never had religious freedom. And so don't confuse the two. In fact, I would even say that there's times where religious freedom hinders your ability to follow Jesus. Uh, But like, let's talk about this theologically for a moment, because the one video that went around or I saw pop up that someone shared, and I will, it will remain nameless of who this video uh, is of, because I'm not a fan. <laughs> I don't think any of us are. Like, there was, there was a caption underneath of it that said, you know, Scripture says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And so now we can't, we can't worship. Mm-hmm. And so there, the, 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 this just isn't, the, the idea is this isn't just a, an infringement on my religious freedom, but I can't even worship God right now. Right, and that's theologically problematic because it limits worship to just singing. Singing. Um, last time I read the Bible, I'm pretty sure we're supposed to live lives that are an act of worship. Mm-hmm. Everything that we do is called to bring glory to God. Mm-hmm. So s- worship isn't just singing. It's so much greater and so much richer than just singing. Certainly, whenever churches gather on Sunday morning, part of the corporate gathering is singing songs. It, it's prayer. It's all these other things. But that's not worship. That's, that's been a problem in the church for a long time, this thinking that, well, worship is the music time. Right. Um, but again, you talk about even just the Sunday gathering. Okay, it, the, the reading of Scripture, the sermon, like that's mm-hmm. worship. Right. Giving an offering is worship. Singing is worship. Right. Um, your, your, your fellowship or community with follower, like fellow followers of Jesus, mm-hmm. that's worship. When you get together right. at someone's house, if you're in a small group, that's worship. Right. And like, so Catholics get this right. They understand this. Because their service is a grand drama that culminates in the Eucharist. Right, communion, so everything worship. up to that is part of the worship service, from the liturgy, from the incense, mm-hmm. from everything, from the prayers of the saints. It's what, all an act of worship. And what happens is it allows us to make this disconnect right. where worship is what I do on Sunday. Specifically, worship is the singing part. Mm-hmm. But what I do with the rest of my life, that's not worship. And so I can, I can air quote, since you can't see this, worship God on Sunday and be fine with living a life that is like anti-worship of God the rest of the week. Right. Because mm-hmm. if worship is just this time when I'm singing, mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter what else I do. It doesn't matter how I treat my neighbor. It doesn't matter what I do in my personal life. It doesn't matter how I treat my family. It doesn't matter if I give or if I serve or if I sacrifice because none of that's worship. Worship is just singing. Right. Which then leads us to... And they're taking away my ability to worship. 
Like, no, they're not. No. They're taking away your ability to sing for a little while, which is just a very, 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 very small part of an entire life of worship. Right. You can and should still be doing the rest of those things. Right. I mean, the Apostle Paul kind of addressed this indirectly when he's talking about, uh, yeah, I think it was a letter to Galatians. You know, he says, the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. But Paul, what about like Bible reading and, and what about like circumcision and, and what about church attendance and what about, you know, having the right, you know, bylaws and what about all this stuff the and singing? And Paul would, says the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. And Jesus said, you know, the greatest command is to love your neighbor as yourself. If you're, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're already good with God. So go show that you're good with God by how you love those that are made in his image. Where did this start? Um, like, when did, when did that disconnect happen? I really don't know. I don't have a clue. Like, a long time ago. Be, it would be good to, to do a, a good I can't remember deep when. dive into, yeah. into that. Do you think it happened like around the time where the Protestants um, separated from the it, Catholic yeah, Church? Yeah, probably have something to do with Reformation. Because, I mean, it was a lot about like the solas and having the right beliefs and mm -hmm. not necessarily about the right practices all the time. So it's problematic because that, that's a bad definition of worship to say, right. like, mm -hmm. we can't worship now because we, we can't, can't sing. sing. Yeah. Secondly, as it, as it relates to worship, you know, what is a life of worship? We're, we're talking about that idea. And the Apostle Paul, present your, you know, yourself as a living sacrifice. All of you. Like, right. so you sacrifice your whole self, all of you for who God is. And like Paul just said, when Jesus asked what's the most, most important thing, love God. And then the way you live that out is how you love your neighbor as yourself. So, so we back it up a little bit and say, what is, how, how then do I express my, my love and my devotion to God? Do I do it by singing him songs? I mean, kind of, that, that's, but that's really more for, that's really more for, for me and, and my benefit and building me up. How do I express my love for God, my worship for him? It's how I love my neighbor as myself. Mm -hmm. And so tell me, what is more worshipful of God? To sing him a song on a Sunday or to not sing because it may be what's best for my neighbors. Mm. Yeah. Which one is greater worship of God? Right. I, I can't think of what passages it is, but it comes from the Old Testament. Um, oh, oh, different times where, you know, God says to the nation of Israel that, you know, you, I abhor your, your sacrifices, your singing, um, right. because it's, it's empty. They're just, it's yeah. all garbage. It's just empty words. Because at the same time they're doing that, they're making their sacrifices, right. they're bringing their offerings, mm -hmm. they're mistreating the, the widows and the right. poor because and the orphans. The, and the thing that he, he gets to back to is, I want a transformed heart. Yeah. You know. Oh, and you can sing all kinds of worship songs and not have a transformed heart. Right. Um, and then uh, the, in the one, the video that was shared, you know, the, the person goes on to talk about the book of Daniel and how, you know, Daniel was persecuted because he wasn't allowed to worship. And um, <laughs> that really wasn't the case. He was allowed to worship. Um, they just, the government just wanted him to worship the government yeah. um, instead of his God. And Daniel said, no, I will not do that. I'm going to continue to worship Yahweh. Yeah. Um, and so the, the, the person was trying to draw a connection between what Daniel did and what he's calling believers to do. And last time I, I checked, the government of the state of California isn't ordering people to worship them. Exactly. Yeah. 
uh, we, we just talked about this in church yesterday, this idea of like the, the book of Daniel is about, are you going to declare your allegiance to Babylon or your allegiance to God? California, uh, Governor Newsom did not come out and say, you must declare your allegiance to California. Um, and in fact, you know, whether it's Daniel in the book of Daniel or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they work for the Babylonian government. Right. They take Babylonian names. They eat the clothes. They wear the food. They are fully integrated into Babylonian right. society. They get trained in astrology and the magical arts of, the ba- of Babylon, um, to which a lot of Christians would have a lot of problems with that. <laughs> yeah, but, the, but the, the line that's drawn is not, oh, no, we, we can't worship. The, the line that's drawn is we won't worship Babylon. Like, when you ask me to give my allegiance to anything other than God, mm-hmm. other than Yah- the Yahweh, to the, the God of the Hebrews, then we have a problem. Right. And so, yeah, the, trying to draw the thing to, to Daniel of like, well, look, we're being persecuted like Daniel. It's like, well, no, we're not. And then whenever Daniel was persecuted because he wanted to bow down and, and pray and, and worship Yahweh, he, and he got in trouble for that, he didn't fight back against it. No. Right? Because, like, that's, that's where this line of thinking goes is, like, we're not allowed to worship. We've got to fight back against this. Right. And Jesus said, do not resist an evil person, but turn the other cheek. Yeah. And Daniel just kind of goes, okay, that's fine. Right. I'm, I'm still I'm not going to bow down to Babylon. You do whatever you want to me. I'm not going to fight it. Right. I'm not going to resist it. And, again, Jesus not using his power. Um, he could have called you know, a thousand legions of angels to rescue him and overthrow the Roman government, but rather he chose to submit to the powers of evil, and in doing so is how he overcame. It wasn't by using power. It was mm-hmm. by humility, uh, and that's how his kingdom works. It's not by trying to overthrow and protest the government and all this other stuff, <laughs> and you know, people want to say, well, if the early Christians and Jesus had that power, they would have. Well, Jesus had that power and he didn't. At any moment, he could have displayed his power. Yep. And he did, just not how we thought. He right. Would. Mm-hmm. On, this has a thought on the, on the topic of Daniel, too. Just with, we're like, well, but you're messing with how we worship as far as like going to church and being able to sing songs. Like, you realize that Daniel and his friends and many other Jewish people, when they were in exile, they faithfully followed God still. And they couldn't do any of the things that had defined worship for them before. Right. They didn't have they a synagogue. The they didn't have temple. They couldn't make sacrifices. You know, the, the offices of, of the priests and everything, that, that was gone. And yet they still remained faithful. And so, okay, you can't sing songs out loud together right now. That's, that's, that's really not the issue. The issue is will you remain faithful? Right. Like, pick the right battles to fight, basically. Right. And this isn't one of them. One other thing on, on this that is a big, is a big problem is this idea that we can't worship so the, the church is being persecuted and like you can only worship by singing songs and it is a very american-centric view of the church and of the gospel mm-hmm. which is a, is a is a problem right um because what that says is it's like well what about what about the underground church in countries in the middle east in china they can't gather corporately and sing worship songs so are we saying that they're not really worshiping? Right. Because because what we're saying is, well, we can't worship because they're not letting us sing. And so are you saying as we talk talking about persecution, as brothers and sisters around the world are dying, mm-hmm. but they can't do church the way we do church. Right. Are they not following Jesus? Yeah. We're very, I, I mean, I don't think we do it intentionally, but the way that we live and the way that we think faith works, American Christians are very arrogant in that fact of saying, oh, yeah. Like, this is how this is how you follow Jesus, and everybody has to do it like this, right? Yeah, well, no, 
No. Read the the letters of the New Testament yeah. as they tried to work out what that looked like yeah, and how messy mess. it was. Mess. So. So most likely, if you're listening to this, you're not in <clears throat> California. So really, you don't even have to worry about it. Right. Mm-hmm. But wherever you're at, if a an order comes down that says, "Hey, you you can't sing songs out loud right now," it's not it's not the end of the faith. No. You're not being persecuted. You're not being denied worship. In fact, again, I would argue that one of the most worshipful things you could do is say, you know what? Good. And, and there may even be cases if, where if, if there's issues of like COVID like popping up, if your area is a hot spot, the most worshipful thing you maybe could do would be to say, we're not going to be told to do this. We're going to choose not to do this out of love for our neighbor. Right. That's more God honoring than singing him a few songs. Right. Mm-hmm. With a heart that's not transformed. Carrie, do you have anything to add? No, I don't think so. You guys covered it. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for today's podcast. See you back here next week. And don't forget to leave us a rating review on iTunes and share this podcast with your friends. Bye, everybody. Peace out.